Good morning. Wasn't that a wonderful song? I love it when Taylor sings, especially before my message. Not only does she have a wonderful voice, but she means the words that she sings. She sings it from her heart, and you can tell. And that's a blessing. That's what the Lord is. What He does, He's got each one of us as a work of art. And we're a work in progress. He's working on us. He's not finished yet. He's still painting. He's still doing the work in our lives that's needed. And one day, we're going to be on display for all eternity. And what a joy that's going to be. The finished product will be there. We'll be finished. We'll be done. But until then, He's working. Chiseling away. Working the artwork to make it just beautiful the way He wants it to be. Thank God for that. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to a verse of Scripture from Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Right after the Song of Solomon. The Old Testament. Right before I should say the Song of Solomon. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and we'll read verse 10. Before we do that, shall we just open in a word of prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank You that once again we have the opportunity to read from Your Word, study it together, and apply it to our lives. We pray that the Holy Spirit will be in control this morning, that the words spoken will be Your words, Lord. Please hide me behind the cross. Help me to be Your vessel, Your instrument this morning. But You get all the glory, Lord, all the praise, because it's not of me. It's not in me. It's in You. And we pray that you will bring forth the word to our hearts, touch us, challenge us, encourage us, and help us to go forth from here rejoicing in you, Lord. And we pray now and give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. May God bless the reading of His Word to our hearts today. I love to read the Daily Bread. How many read the Daily Bread at least either every day or once in a while you read it, you get it in there? It's very good. Well, there was a story that made me cry this week. I'll tell you that. And it's a story about a young girl named Carissa, a young Christian teenage girl. And it's told by a man who lost his own teenage daughter. He's a believer too. His name is Dave Brandon. He lost his teenage daughter in an automobile accident a few years ago. Well, he writes this. He says, teenagers amaze me. So many of them love life with grand passion and face it with unrelenting optimism. Sometimes they demonstrate the Christian life in ways adults can only hope to emulate. Such is the case with Carissa, a teen who loves soccer, basketball, family, and Jesus. In 2000, her mother was diagnosed with cancer. Carissa was only 12 at the time. But she began caring for her mom. During the next few years, Carissa often fed her mom, dressed her mom, and helped her do anything she couldn't do for herself. It was so hard to learn, she said. Can you imagine a mother and daughter literally changing roles? I truly learned to be a humble servant. Sometimes while her friends were out having fun, Carissa was home caring for her mom. She continued to do so until the summer of 2004 when Carissa and her family said goodbye to her mom. And as Carissa put it, said, God took her home and made her perfect. I was affected by that story. I was amazed by it. Here's a young girl. She was only 12 at the time. 
and was willing to sacrifice her time, going out and having fun with her friends, doing the things she loved to do like soccer and and all these other sports and things that kids like to do nowadays, basketball and these kind of things, to be with her mom and care for her mom who is with cancer. You know, we can imagine that a 12-year-old girl at such a young age had become so deep with the Lord because of the suffering that she was going through, because of the suffering that her mom was going through. And I was thinking about how important it is for us to realize that our life is short on this earth and we're only going to have a limited amount of opportunities to serve the Lord. And he's given us that opportunity and he wants to use us in all our time and our talents and all the gifts and abilities that he has given to us because we are his servants. And after what Christ has done for us on the cross and dying for us, giving his life's blood, shouldn't the natural response be from you and I to give ourselves in his service? There's really no sacrifice that's too great for that. Sometimes I think I get too selfish sometimes and I have to come back to the cross and say, Lord, none of these earthly things matter. None of it. All of these things are going to be done away. And when we're in our in your presence, Lord, all that's going to matter is what we did for you here on this earth. That's all that's going to matter. Everything else is going to be secondary. And so our subject today, I have entitled Hands on Christianity. Hands on Christianity. You know, Christianity is practical Christianity. It's putting Christ's work into action in the lives of people around us. And we can ask ourselves this morning, like this young girl, are we willing to become humble, loyal servants for the master and do whatever he asks us to do, no matter what it is, no matter how hard it may be? Someone said, true greatness does not come to those who strive for worldly fame, but instead it lies with those who choose to serve Jesus in his name. And that's the choice that you and I can make today. Even as Christians, we have to make the literal choice every day. Are we going to serve the Lord or are we going to serve ourselves? And that's the warfare that goes on. The devil, the world want to pull you over and pull me over all the time to think about the wrong things and put the importance on the wrong areas. He wants us to direct our hearts to Christ and to serving him. And when we do that, everything else will take care of itself. We will be so incredibly blessed that we will rejoice with the Lord forever. Today, we're just going to look at three things about serving the Lord. Number one, serving with clean hands. Secondly, serving with strong hands. And third, serving with willing hands. It's amazing. God gave us two hands, two hands to serve him. Physically serve him, spiritually serve him, serve him in whatever he has us to do. It's like the verse of scripture that I read this morning. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. You know, it's our duty. It's our responsibility. It's our privilege to serve the Lord. And we may serve him for 10 years. We may serve him for 20. We may serve him for 50 But however long we're here on earth serving the Lord, may we make the most of it, whether we're younger or older in our efforts to serve the Lord. That is really what's what it's all about in the Christian life. But why do we balk at it sometimes? Why do we complain about it sometimes? Why do we have a problem with serving the Lord? It's so important to give him our all and say, Lord, help me to be your hands, your hands. 
Let's look first of all at serving the Lord with clean hands. You know, how many of you would like to go in for surgery? And let's say you had surgery scheduled for this week on Wednesday. And you were went, went into the surgeon and the surgeon who was going to operate on you had just come in. You could see things on his hands. You could see that they were not clean. And he was about ready to perform the surgery. You would say, no, no way. I, I'll, let's do this another time with another doctor. I'm not going to do that. You don't want somebody with unclean hands to touch you, right? Well, the same is true and even more so in the service of the Lord. He cannot take us up as instruments and use us if we're not clean. We have to be clean. We have to be holy. We have to be sanctified in order for the Lord to use us. You know, a lot of people nowadays use Perel. I even carry it myself. I think I'm obsessed with it sometimes, but I carry the Perel around. And Adel, he goes to the farmer's market and he loves to eat the fruits. So sometimes they'll give him a peach or, or something to eat, strawberry or whatever. And so what do I do? I take out my Perel and I wash my hands with the Perel before I eat the fruit. And, and it's like that. I use it all the time. I wash my hands all the time. And there's nothing really bad with that at all, to be clean, to have clean hands. But more important than any clean hands we can have physically, we have to have clean spiritual hands. God's work is a holy work. And if we are touching God's work, we're touching a holy work. And we can't touch it with unclean hands. We have to say, Lord, clean my hands. Clean my heart. Help me to be prepared to serve you. You know, a lot of people today don't realize it, but you, you need to not only have clean physical hands, but how about clean ethical and moral hands? How many people in our country today, like in this Enron scandal, got their hands into dirty business, corrupt business? And not only did they harm themselves, but they harmed all these people who had the 401ks in the company. We see it all the time. Man's sin, man's corruption. Their hands are dirty, dirty hands. May God help us to have clean hands, especially as we serve him. Over in Psalm 24, 3 and 4, it says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. That's what God's looking for today from me and from you. Clean hands and a pure heart. That's the only way we can serve the Lord. And only the Lord and you know whether your hands are clean. Oh, we may wash them up and look good on the outside and dress nice and say all the right words. You know, we've come to do so much with Christian jargon. We can all say the right words. And some people you think, boy, this Christian is so good because he just speaks so well. Or this other Christian, she's, she's great. Only the Lord knows the heart. And that's why our hearts need to be right with the Lord. Then we can have clean hands. Then we can serve him in this great work that he's given to us. Reminds me of Pilate. Remember when Pilate was going to crucify the Lord, he had to make a decision. Was he going to release Jesus or let him go? And they kept saying, crucify him, crucify him. And he said, why? What evil has he done? He didn't want to crucify. And so they said, we want Jesus to be crucified. He says, OK. And he brought out a basin with water in it. And he washed his hands in front of everybody. He said, I am innocent of this man's blood. And he washed his hands in front of everybody. You know, that speaks of hands and how... There are responsibilities in our hands, whatever we touch. You know, it sometimes really challenges me, all the time really challenges me. When I do the Lord's work and I know I'm, I'm touching the Lord's work, especially with regard to the money that I take care of at the church. And I go back 
And I do not rest, literally do not rest, Adel can attest to the fight of this, until it balances. And sometimes it doesn't balance. And I always make sure it has to balance from the sheet that I use to show how much a person gives. And then to the total, it should be balanced. Sometimes it doesn't. And I said, Lord, help me to have it balanced. And I go through and I check everything and make it. This is God's money. And it's not just the money that we handle. How about the lives you handle as a Sunday school teacher? How about the people you minister to in the church? That's the Lord's work. It's, it's God's work. And we cannot do it with soiled hands, with dirty hands. They have to be clean hands. Job said in Job 17:9, yet the righteous will hold to his way and he who has clean hands will be stronger and stronger. May the Lord help us to have the clean hands and the clean hearts that he wants us to have. You can't have a dirty vessel. You can't. It's got to be clean. So a good prayer for us as his servants is this. Lord, keep my hands clean. Keep my in, in what I do. Keep my feet clean in where I go. Keep my tongue clean in what I say. And here's the tough one. Keep my mind clean in what I think about. You know, a lot of times we can see what people do, but we don't know what's going on inside up here in the mind and in the heart. And there's a lot of sin that can go on. The Lord knows. May the Lord help us to be clean inside and out in our thought life, in our words, in our conduct, in our hands and everything that we do that will be holy for the Lord. I like what D.L. Moody said about God's vessels. He says, God doesn't seek golden vessels and he does not ask for silver ones, but he must have clean ones. I really like that. God isn't necessarily looking for golden vessels and he doesn't ask for silver ones, but they have to be clean. You can be a simple Christian. You don't have to go to theological school or seminary or Bible school or anything like that, though there's nothing wrong with those things. But what he's looking for is clean vessels. Because a lot of times, people that know all the knowledge, they're not clean. God can't use them. May the Lord help us to be clean vessels so that we can live clean lives morally and ethically in everything, even when nobody's looking. And that's the thing that it says in the Scriptures, that we might be servants of Christ, not as men-pleasers, but as, as pleasing God, even when no one is around, even when our boss isn't looking, that we do the same job. You know, sometimes I go to work and there's, Other employees around, the supervisor's not there. They don't work the same. They don't work the same. Human nature says, oh, the boss isn't in yet, so I can make that call on my cell phone that I normally is not supposed to make. Boss isn't here. Or the boss isn't here, so I can take a little bit longer on my break. Instead of a 15-minute break, 20, 22, maybe I'll push 25. Maybe. And maybe when I go to lunch, I can take a little longer. Maybe I can leave a little earlier today. The boss isn't here. Is that how we should be as Christians? No. It should be the same. And maybe even more strict when the boss isn't there. Because our real boss is watching. The Lord Jesus Christ is watching. And he's going to see if we're doing the right thing or not. So the first thing about a servant of Christ, you have to have clean hands. May the Lord help us to have clean hands. Because when you have clean hands, you'll have the freedom, the liberty to share with people the good news of salvation and be a blessing to them. If you don't have clean hands, it shuts your mouth. It shuts your testimony. It shuts you down completely. May the Lord help us to have clean hands. Secondly, not only is it important to have clean hands, but we have to have strong hands. We have to use our strength for the Lord. How many people have you known as Christians who went through their life 
grew up, went to college, graduated from college, got a good job, got married. And all along this time, they say, I'm going to serve the Lord more. I really am going to serve the Lord. But I've got to graduate college first. I've got to get married first. I've got to have kids first. Then I've got to have this. I've got to have that. Then when I retire, I'll serve the Lord. How many people fail in that because you, you need to serve him when you're young? God has given you and I strength. I look at these young men. Look at these three young men here. We'll use them as an example. Bob, Sean, and Adam. Between them, and Cameron too, and Jeff, and all these young men, you can add up all their ages together, and they're so young, right? God has given them strength in their youth to to serve Him. And I love it. Bob is so strong that when you come, and Dan too is another one, when we come to carry heavy things, they can lift it, This table right here with two of them. I could never even begin to carry it. I think we better have three or four to carry that table. It's very, very heavy. But it's good to use your strength while you're young. Because when you get older, you're not going to have that physical strength anymore. You'll have other strengths. But God wants to use our physical strength as well as our spiritual strength and our emotional strength. You know, I really believe it's important to take care of ourselves physically. It's not the most important thing, but it's important to exercise, get a good amount of sleep, Eat healthy and take care of yourself because if you don't, you're not going to be able to be effective for the Lord. You're going to get sick all the time. You're going to be going to the doctor all the time, taking medications all the time. God wants us to be healthy and he wants us to serve him. I like that expression that Sylvia uses sometimes when I hear her talk either to me or someone else. When when you do something to serve the Lord, she says, bless those hands. I love that expression. Bless those hands. And that's true because our hands are symbolic of our lives that are poured out in service for the Lord and for others. He will bless our hands. He will use everything that we do for him. And he gives us the strength and ability to do it. You know, God has given you and I spiritual gifts, spiritual talents and abilities to use for him. Some people don't know what their spiritual gift is. It's good to ask God, show me what my gift is. But until you even know, keep serving. Serve in whatever the Lord gives you. Whatever your hand finds to do, as the Scripture said, do it with all your heart. Do it with all your heart. I love that. Adel uses that expression all the time too. And it's very, very good. Do it with all your heart. What does that mean? Put your all into it. Give Him everything. Give Him the best. Don't do a slothful job. Do a good job. Do a job of excellence. Strive for perfection in it. And God will bless the work of our hands. I'm always challenged by Acts chapter 1 and verse 1 where, where Luke is writing to Theophilus in the, in, the gospel, in the book of Acts. And he says that he's writing about what Jesus began to do and teach. He didn't end his work. The Lord Jesus began his work on earth. Well, it's still going on today. Who is he doing it through? These hands. Your hands. You're, you and I are his vessels today. We're his servants today. And through his hands, our hands will move and touch others and help others. He wants us to be His hands. That's challenging, isn't it? These hands are the hands of Jesus? Wow. These are His hands. These hands reach out and help others. These feet walk to help somebody else. The money that I have is His money. And whatever we give to Him, it's, it's back for His glory. May the Lord help us to work hard with our hands. We've been studying in 1 Corinthians about how Paul worked so hard, he said, with his own hands. Acts 20.34 says, Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those with me. 
Paul wasn't afraid of hard work. And I think if you would look at the hands of the Apostle Paul, you wouldn't find smooth hands. You'd find rough, calloused hands because he made those tents so often to help meet his needs and the needs of other people. He made tents. He was a tent maker. He even says in 1 Corinthians 4.12, and we labor with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we endure. Paul was a good, hard worker for the Savior. Someone once said, a good place to find a helping hand? Where do you want to find a helping hand? A good place to find a helping hand is at the end of your arm. (laughs) A good place to find a helping hand is at the end of your arm. You need a hand? There it is. And that hand can be used to serve others. And that's what it's all about. Christ's servants, Christ's helpers. A man named Carl Henry said one time in his book called Accents, he said, as God's fellow worker, he is to reflect God's creative activity on Monday in the factory, no less than on Sunday when commemorating the day of rest and worship. And I thought that is so true. We should be servants just the same on Sunday as we are on Monday morning. Have you ever gone into the office and I go there every Monday? I say, happy Monday morning. I mean, I go in smiling and happy because I'm thankful that the Lord has given me a job and I'm close to home and I'm there and I'm working and I'm serving the Lord. I'm happy. But so many people will say, well, I'm doing all right for a Monday. They get better. You notice how everything gets better as you get toward Friday? Oh, I'm doing okay. It's Tuesday. Oh, Wednesday. Hump day. We're over the hump. We're getting better. Thursday is getting really good. And by Friday, we're cruising. But it starts getting sad on Sunday night because they realize they've got to go back to work on Monday. I don't know about you, but I like to live every day the same. It's a blessing. I don't mind Mondays because guess what? We're serving the Lord. And we get to go to prayer meeting on Monday night. Or the women, you get to hear Sylvia's message on Monday night. Mondays are not bad days. Every day is a good day. I often call Adol and say, how are you doing today? And he is thankful and praising God every day. And he is positive and we praise God for that because it affects us too. And we thank the Lord that he has given us the opportunity to serve him with strong hands. I read a story that amazed me in this book and it was told, it's a true story about during the Crusades there was a knight and he was taken captive by the Muslim Saladin. How many have heard of Saladin? Ruthless. Ruthless. So anyway, the knight begged for his life claiming that he had a wife back in England who loved him dearly. Saladin commented that she would soon forget him and marry some other person. But then... This evil man, this wicked man thought, wait a minute, on second thought, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to send back a message to your wife in England. And the message is this, if she will cut off her right hand as a token of her love for you and send it back to me, I will let you go. When word came to the lady in England, this is amazing. She immediately cut off her right hand and sent it to Saladin. The man was so moved by it, he immediately let the the knight go. I thought, if this woman loved her husband this much to cut off her right hand to save his life, how much should we love our Savior who did more than cut off his right hand for us? He died for us. He endured the cross. He loved us that much. And he wants all of us He wants us to serve him with that kind of loyal devotion that says, Lord, 
take my right hand. Take my left hand. Take my two feet. Take my arms. Take all of me, Lord. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Yes, clean hands. And now, strong hands. He's given us two good hands to serve him. May the Lord help us to use it for his glory. And then the final thing we're going to look at this morning is he wants us to have willing hands. Last night I had prepared most of my message and I was all ready to go home to prepare the rest of it. And I was thinking, Lord, I got to get home and prepare the rest of this message. Well, we had a little flood yesterday, not at the church, but at the storage buildings yesterday. And I wouldn't have found this out. This is how good the Lord is to answer prayers that we don't even know about. This lady had left a message on our church recorder at 4.59 p.m. yesterday. I was here in the morning at church and I was here during that time, but I didn't get the message at that exact time. But I saw the light on the telephone and I said, I better call back the message because maybe somebody wants to come to our church tomorrow, so I better check it. And this lady says, well, we had a water main break over here yesterday and water has come in to all the storage units. And I go, oh, no. So I called Adel and Sylvia's house. We got Jeff on the alone. We came down and we served the Lord together, Jeff and I. And we got all this stuff done. And I said, Lord, but I've got to prepare the message. But what's your message on? Serving the Lord. So I can't say no to it. I have to say, okay. This is serving the Lord. This is putting your message into action. How many people do you have a chance to do that even before you give the message? He'll test me this week on my message. He always does. But he tested me before the message and say, are you going to be willing to to do it? Or are you going to say, let's get somebody else down here to do it? No, let's do it. That's what serving Christ is all about. It's not about convenience. It's not about ease. It's not about things that are easy to do and do it. He wants us to serve him whatever he asks us to do. May the Lord help us. Whatever your hand finds to do, may you do it with all your might. Second Corinthians 8.12 says, If there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what one does not have. You know, God is more concerned about our availability than he is about our ability. Because he can take a person that has very little ability, fill him with strength, fill him with wisdom, and he'll get the job done beautifully. But he cannot take a person who is not willing. He will not take a person who's not willing. Remember the story of Gideon with the 300 men and how it got whittled down to 32,000 we were going ready to fight that battle. The Lord said too many. Then there was 10,000, still too many. Then it came down to 300. 300 choice men who were willing to fight the battle of the Lord, they went out and won the battle. Because it wasn't their battle, it was God's battle. The battle was the Lord's. All because they were willing to go. They were available. They were ready. Faithful servants are those who are asked to walk the extra mile, who give the extra dollar, who help the extra person, and give all the glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is looking for willing hands. We all have two hands. We all have two strong hands. But are they willing hands? Are they ready at all times to serve the Lord whatever he asks us to do? It's a challenge. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.18, Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give and willing to share. Ready to give willing to share. That's a challenge for our lives today. You know, I love uh, one of the reasons I love singing in the choir is memorizing the songs. 
Well, one of the songs that we're memorizing now really touches my heart every time I practice this song and I thought about how it relates to this. It says, For such a time as this, I was placed upon this earth to hear the voice of God and do His will, whatever it is. For such a time as this, for now and all the days He gives, I am here. I am here. I am His. You know, that verse really sums it up. If we're willing to do His will, whatever it is, we're here. We're ready. We're available. And the Lord can use us. And He will use us for His glory. You know, one time when Moses was praying for the people of Israel, he lifted up his hands like this. And every time he lifted up his hands, Israel with Joshua prevailed over Amalek. But his hands got heavy. It says his hands got heavy. And he would lower them down like this. And then Amalek would prevail. So they came and supported his hands like this. Her on one side and Aaron on the other. And they lifted up his hands. And then the victory was won by Joshua and all the people of God. We have to lift up our holy hands in prayer. We have to use our hands and our hearts to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. An example of this is you might think this is a funny story, but I had to go through this. But I was running on the track team at Cal State Hayward, not Cal State East Bay. That's one of my things. I don't like that new name. But anyway, Cal State Hayward in the 1970s, before I went to the intern program and met Bill, I was running on the track team. Well, one day the coach came to me at a track meet at home at, Cal at Hayward and said, Dean, we need somebody to run the steeplechase today. We need points. And there's nobody else to run. We have no runners on the team to run it. And you'll score points if you just run it. Well, I had never run the steeplechase before, but believe me, I knew what it was. And I was not very happy about doing that. But I said, OK, coach, I'll do it for the team. Well, if you if you know about the steeplechase, it's one of the hardest races in track and field because you're not only running, but you have these barriers that go across the track that are pretty high. And you come up to those barriers. And I wasn't a hurdler and I had to hurdle over that barrier. And then you'd run further. And I found, why am I getting so tired in this race? I'm going over these barriers. It was hard. And you had to go over two barriers every, every lap. And then there was the water jump. That's another story, the water jump. So by the time I went over the water jump, finished the race, I came in second place, earned three points for the team. And I was so tired and so wet by the time I finished the race. But I was willing. And I did it. And it turned out well. Sometimes the Lord will ask us to do things that are outside our comfort zone that we don't we've never done before. We don't have expertise in. we say, Lord, I'm, I'm inadequate. I'm, I'm not capable of this. Like Moses, he said, I can't do it, Lord. I'm not qualified. And what does the Lord say? Show me your hands. Present yourself to me and I will give you the ability to do it. If you're willing, that's the key. The whole key to serving the Lord is a willingness. He'll give us the training. He'll do it for us. We just have to be willing. And though that was one of the hardest races I has ever won, uh, run, it was willingness. Yes, we're on the Lord's team. We're all on the Lord's team. And each one of you and I, we have a part to play in the Lord's work. We have a role in it. And if one person says, I don't feel like doing my ministry today, I don't feel like getting up this early today. What's going to happen to the work? It's going to crumble. It's not going to happen. We need every member of the body to function. If one member's not functioning, what's happening? The whole body's affected. That's why Paul uses the analogy of the human body. You could be the arm. You could be the hand. You could be the foot. You could be any part of the body. You're needed. 
Some people say, well, I can't do much. All I can do is pray. Praying is the greatest thing anybody can do. If we would all do that ministry, the walls of the world would crumble down. So may the Lord help us to do what our our ministry is, to serve him in whatever he's called us to do, and he will bless our lives. In conclusion, then, let us remember these three things. God is looking for servants with clean hands. Clean hands, clean hearts, clean minds. He cannot use us if we're not clean. And he will not use us if we're not clean. And if we're not clean today, we need to go to the Lord and ask him to forgive us, to cleanse us, to purify us so that we can be in his service. Clean vessels. And not only does he want us to have clean hands, but he wants us to have strong hands. He wants us to use the strength and the health that he's given us, the talents and the abilities to serve him. Not to make excuses, Lord, I can't do it, but to do it, to just do it. Like that phrase with Nike, that slogan they've had for many years, just do it. And finally, he's looking for us to have willing hands. If there's a job to be done for the Lord, count me in. If there's a move or whatever, people volunteer and help. Gardening crew, whatever we have, may the Lord use each person in the little field of service that you and I have. Someone once said, when you do little things for others, you do big things for Jesus. You know, when you do little things for others, you do big things for Jesus. He even said that if you give a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, you shall not lose a disciple's reward. If we do anything in the name of Jesus for anybody, it may seem like a small thing. It's not a small thing. It's a big thing to him. He takes it as personally like you did it to him. And that's one day he's going to say to that, he's going to say, as much as you did it to these, the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. And the people will say, when, Lord, did we see you hungry and thirsty or in prison or any of these things? He says, but as much as you did it unto me, the least of these, these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Let us remember this story of this young girl, Carissa, who sacrificed the things that she liked to do her friends, her fun, and all of that to care for her. Her mother, she learned to be a humble servant. And you know what? I don't think she forgot that lesson. I don't think she went about her life the rest of her life saying, I'm going to make up for those years I lost taking care of my sick mother. I'm going to go out and party and live it up and I don't care about church or God's work. No. I think it was the opposite. I think she served more humbly, more loyally when she saw how much the Lord loved her and how He had changed her into a loyal, humble servant I think that she went on the rest of her life, the rest of her days, to serve the Master. May the Lord touch our hearts today to make us His servants with clean hands, strong hands, and willing hands. Then the work of God will not only progress, it will multiply, and it will be a blessing to everyone. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Father, we thank You for the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ that it is a salvation that we do not deserve, Lord. But you died on the cross for us and you gave up your life and your blood. You sacrificed everything. Help us to be willing to make whatever sacrifices are necessary, Lord, in your service. Help us not to say no, but to say yes. Help us to say yes, Lord, whatever your will is, whatever it is. And Lord, help us to be effective servants with clean hands and strong hands and willing hands so that when we touch your work, Lord, we know that we're touching the work of God that it's a holy work and that we will take it seriously. 
And Lord, that you will use us to influence and affect people for you, Lord Jesus. We commit ourselves to you. We thank you for those who know you here. We pray for those who do not yet know you as Lord and Savior, that today would be the day they would accept you and that they would know that they're going to heaven and, and forgiven of their sin. And we pray for all believers here, Lord, that you'll make us the servants you want us to be. We don't have to be golden servants or silver type servants. We just want to be clean servants, Lord, in, in, your, in your work, in your harvest. We ask this and praise you in your precious name. Amen. Amen.